Good morning. Good morning. Once again, a joyful Sabbath. Amen. We'll ask Pastor Chapman. Go ahead and open this up with a word of prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Father, it is in the wonderful, everlasting name of your Son, God, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, Father, the Anointed One, God. Father, we thank you for another Holy Sabbath day, God, a, a time period, Father, where we get to uh, rest our hearts, our souls, our bodies, our minds. God, we get to spend time with you, with our families, God, even on ourselves. So we thank you, Father, for this brand new day, God, the brand new grace, brand new mercy, brand new opportunities, God, this day that we have never, ever seen before. And when it's gone, God, it'll never return. So, Father, help us not to take this day for granted. Uh, help us to be uh, vigilant in our praise and our worship of you, God. Help us to purposely, God, to be able to set time for you, God. Help us to uh, purposely, God, uh, spend time with our loved ones, God. Help us to purposely, God, to tell those that we love that we love them and to show that we love them, God. Help us to live a purpose-driven life, God. Not just an uh, arbitrary life, an abstract life, God, to where anything comes by, God. It, it may be happenstance. But, God, we want to purposely live for you, God. We want to uh, think about and contemplate our relationship with you in every avenue and every decision that we have to make. So, God, even in those small things, God, as well as the big things, God, we want to be able to put you in the forefront, God. We want to be able to submit our plans to you, oh God. So we thank you, Father. We love you. We trust you. We honor you. We bless you. And we magnify you. Uh, we pray for the uh, facilitator this morning, God, that you would use him, God, according to your will and your way. That all the words that we teach today, God, would come from your holy scriptures, Father. That we would not make anything up. That we would not try to uh, turn things around just for our benefit. Lord, we want to be able to teach your holy word, God. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus, that was spilled on Calvary so that we may be saved. And we thank you for the indwelling power of the Ruach HaKadosh, God, the Holy Spirit, that piece of you that you have placed inside of us, God. So we thank you, Father. So give instruction and give clarity today in all the things that's done. Uh, Father, we're going to sing songs. We're going to praise you, God. And we pray right now in Jesus' name that you would accept our praise and our worship as a sweet Savior into heaven. So, Father, be with the uh, bereaved families, God. They're all over town, God. We know that there's funerals going on everywhere. Even our family uh, still in bereavement, God. And, Father, we pray, God, that you would uh, comfort them, God, that you would give us uh, peace in our hearts and our minds, God, that we may know that you are in charge, God, that the devil uh, never, ever actually wins, God, because the battle is already won. So, Father, we thank you, we love you, we trust you, we honor you, we bless you, we magnify you. It is in the wonderful, everlasting name of your Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, he who was, he who is, and the one to come. It is in his name we pray. Amen. 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 <coughs> Family still in good health, 
uh, although we lost Bebe, which none of us can actually come to grips with being such a young man, but we trust God, amen? We know that God has an ultimate plan because Paul wrote it. He says that, for we know that God works in all things for our good, for those of us who love him, and for those of us who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. So we're going to trust God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we just thank God for this day, for all that he has for us. And we pray that we would be able to uh, to represent him well in this earth. Amen. 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 Uh, first, giving honor to God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, just thankful just to be here one more time in the land of the living. Uh, be able to come and worship his name today and give him praise, glory, and honor for being uh, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, uh, Jehovah Rapha, Jeho Jehovah Nisi, all of the names that we call God uh, for all the uh, different things we're asking for in life. And I'm just thankful that uh, we're being, a, 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 I'm going to say, a young, a young old man. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, you just uh, you you learning learning things every day, trying to uh, uh, make sure that I'm walking accordingly to the word, mm -hmm. even though this flesh sometimes getting away. But I'm still uh, allowing myself to uh, uh, to 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 keep my eyes stayed upon Thee mm -hmm. and to continue to uh, seek Him and not seek nothing else. And, uh, you know, people find, people find, uh, it's like when people, they see the things that's going on in the world and they want to start changing religion and things like that. And they want to start uh, going to uh, turn into uh, different things. But there's only one God that sits high and looks low. And... All names are gonna have to bow down to his son, to his son Yahshua. But I'm thankful that uh, everybody has to find Christ for themselves, and I'm thankful that no matter what hap what's happening in this world, that's not gonna stop me from seeking Christ. Amen. Amen. First, give the honor to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for being here this day. Thank you for this lesson. Amen. When we get into this lesson, it's something that we have to remember mm -hmm. about prophecy. And like we always say here, Pastor and I don't get together. We don't tell what each other's going to do in their class. But he started on the minors. And in our first quarter, automatically started with the major problem. Yeah. And that's not by happenstance, that's not by coincidence. But that's something that God wants us to look at. And we have to start looking at this prophecy and remember. Like Pastor was talking about Wednesday. You know, you have end time prophecy that we're going to see in this very lesson. Yeah. You're going to have like the next generation prophecy that's going to come, but then it even has a future tense prophecy. One, two of them's been fulfilled. One of them has. Unless we're going to, hopefully, I'm going to make sure we try to get to that point because there's something through all the prophecy 
everything is pointless to Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the final prophecy. Amen. But here we are. <laughs> that all this stuff that's going on in this world. Yep. And I, really right now, it ain't even the world. It's in our country, the, the mother of democracy. Mm. And here, we're going to see things. And if you cannot see, when we were talking, the pastor started a couple of weeks ago with Habakkuk. And looking now at what we're seeing in Zephaniah, you cannot start putting these pieces together. You never did a jigsaw puzzle when you was a child. Because these pieces are coming together. Mm -hmm. And we sit here, willy-nilly, worried about some things that really and truly the Bible tells you, if you are a child of God and you believe in these things, the Bible says these things are going to be added to you if you worry about what is true and right. Mm -hmm. Not no prophet that comes tells you like the pastor said. You're not getting a house and car. That's not what a prophet should be telling you. We want to see what a prophet says. If you do not believe, surely you shall not be established. And that comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 9. One Sabbath, Connie and Roy drove into the driveway after church. A batan hen flew frantically across the yard in front of them. Something was wrong. The pet birds were supposed to be safe in the pen, but had gotten out. Quick investigation showed a tragedy in progress. Beethoven, the neighbor's small dog, also escaped her yard and was down by the pond with Daisy in her mouth. Daisy was a beautiful hen, a beautiful lame hen with a fluffy white tail feather. Connie rescued Daisy, but it was too late. Her precious pet, now with a mangled neck, soon died in Connie's arms. She sat down in the yard holding the dead bird and waited. Another pet was deeply disturbed. A tall white duck by the name of Wadsworth saw Connie holding Daisy and seemed to assume she had killed him. So for the next few weeks, whenever Wadsworth saw Connie, he would viciously attack her, pinching her painfully with his strong bill. Sometimes it's hard to sort out who your friends and enemies are. This week, we'll look at the king of Judea, the king of Judah, who also had this problem, and we will seek to understand why he made his choices that he did. And that's what caught my eye real quick. Well, sometimes choice. it's hard to sort out who your friends and your enemies are. Hmm. Yeah. Now, before we start this lesson and any lesson, anytime you're getting ready to read your Bible and study your Bible, there are certain biblical principles that you have to remember. And when we're going over this lesson this week, this, we're going to be following these biblical principles. First, we're going to observe the text. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to read what's on the page. Then we're going to attempt to interpret it. Once we attempt to interpret it, then we're going to try to make it applicable in our life. Also, there's some questions that you need to ask yourself when you get ready to study. What dispensation? Is this story in? See, we, we, we got these dispensations and we think that we can take how something's happening in one dispensation and then all of a sudden take it and make it apply in another dispensation. Now, yes, there are certain things that, that you can do and carry over, but there's also certain things that you really have to look at. 
The dispensation that we're going to be talking about while we're talking about the book of Isaiah is the dispensation of law. So keep that in mind. What dispensation are we on? Also, you got to start looking at time period. The time period that we're going to be talking about is roughly depending on who you listen to. It's sometimes it's between 731. I've heard it's as early as 735 to 7, I mean 715 BC. Remember now, Pastor pointed it out. Once again, you need to start listening, putting all these pieces together. Learn that, you know, BC counts down. The highest number going down to when we're looking for the first coming of Yeshua. Second, a prophet comes because of disobedience. All these prophets, all these prophets that we're reading, major, minor, it's all because not so much Israel now, but Judah was in disobedience. Because once again, you have to go back and study some history to learn the separation between Judah and Israel and why that's important. If you don't go back and get this foundation, some of these things that we're teaching and we're trying to learn about, they're not going to make sense because you don't understand the difference between Judah and Israel. You don't understand why it even separates. The most important thing about Judah is that that's where Jerusalem is. And if you're not understanding why Jerusalem's important, you don't understand some of the stuff that you're even reading in the New Testament. You sure don't understand the book of Revelation. Because that's what the whole thing is all about. Danger from the north. All right, I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Chapman. He's going to be reading Isaiah chapter 7. The whole, the whole chapter is 25 verses in it. It's not going to take too long. But now this is the observation part. All we're going to be doing is reading the story. Amen. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the days of Ahaz, the son of Joseph, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramalah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to make war against it, but could not prevail against it. And it was told to the house of David, saying, Syria's forces are deployed in Ephraim. So his heart and the hearts of his people were moved as the trees of the woods are moved by the wind. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz, you and Shashab, your son, at the end of the aqueduct from the upper pool, on the highway to the fullest field, and say to him, take heed and be quiet. Do not fear or be faint-hearted, for these two stubs of smoke brands faint-hearted for these two stubs of smoking firebrands for the fierce anger of Resin and Syria and the son of Ramallah. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramallah have plotted against, has plotted evil against you, saying, let us go up against Judah and trouble it, and let us make a gap in its walls for ourselves and set a king over them the son of Tabor. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Resin. 
Within 65 years, Ephraim will be broken, so that it will not be a people. The head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is Romalia, Romalia's son. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to, for you to weary men? But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds of honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good, the land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house. Days that have not come since that day, since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will whistle for the fly that is in the farthest part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. They will come and all of them will rest in the desolate valleys in the clefts of the rocks and on all thorns in all pastures. In the same day, the Lord will shave with a, with a hard razor, with those from beyond the river, with the king of Assyria. The head and the hair of the legs, and will also remove the beard. It shall be in that day that a man will keep alive a young cow and two sheep. So it shall be from the abundance of milk they give that he will eat curds. For curds and honey everywhere will eat who is left in the land. It shall happen in that day that wherever there could be a thousand vines, wrought a thousand shekels, worth a thousand shekels of silver, it will be for briars and thorns. With arrows and bows men will come there because all the land will be briars and thorns, and to any hill which could be dug with the hole, you will not go there for fear of the briars and thorns. But it will become a range for ox for oxen and a place for sheep to roam. Amen. Right, that's the first part of Bible study. We just read the text and observed what's going on. Having a little text, I'm trying to get to the right now. Because it's something I really want to show you. And I get one thing I guess sometimes it's good and then sometimes it might be a downfall. But by being military minded, I understand maps. 
One reason I understood a map and I, I learned how to read a map real well was I was in artillery. Now, anybody knows anything about war, the artillery back here, you're in the middle and they're shooting at the enemy over here. When the first time I went out to a live fire range, I'm laying up on top of my rat rig, all of a sudden you hear boom. Then all of a sudden you hear this noise. Then you see, the, you see the, the thing at night, you can actually see the projectile going through, and next thing you hear, a few miles down the road, is a boom, and the ground shakes. Now, why is it important to learn to read a map? Well, we used, we used to use grid coordinates. Every one of them things had a certain dimension to it. The first number to the right was always 10 meters. They could drop an artillery round within 10 meters of what's on that map. Then you go out to a hundred, a thousand, and ever how far out the map is gonna go. So I wanted to make sure when I heard them getting ready to do a live fire, they started with them grid coordinates. I wanted to make sure that big number, I wanted to make sure I was pretty far away from that. Cause that's, that's the start. Then when it goes down, these numbers down here really don't matter too much. But that first number, I wanna be a couple of miles away when them, when them rounds start dropping. So I learned how to read a map. And what I wanted to show, was it was talking about, at the first part, when it was talking about the king of the north, Syria, was going to get with one of the kings now. Now check this out. This was the king that was over Israel. Because really and truly, Judea is right down here where Jerusalem is. There was one more tribe, which you have to remember. See, that's why I said, if you don't know nothing about time periods, and you didn't do any study about the 12 tribes, and you don't understand, there was another tribe right down here, Simeon, that was right in the middle of Judah. And I was looking at it when I was looking at the map, and I'm wondering, you know, how's land mass? And I was trying to get an understanding, but it really never came to me. Benjamin would be right in here. Benjamin always aligned itself with Judah. And you have to go back and, and do the study and find out why that's important. And you have to go all the way back to, the, to the Joseph and his brothers. That's what the 12 tribes all have to deal with. All right. Now I said the king of the north came down and got with the king of Ephraim. Ephraim would have been right in here somewhere. And they were going to conspire to come down and take over Judah. So that's the, that's the picture you need to have in your head. I'm reading this story and then try to get an understanding. Because the kingdom of the north, Israel, remember now the separation between Israel and Judah, that's important and key. And they called the, they called the northern Israel Ephraim, one of the 12 tribes, and Syria, army, ganged up on a smaller country of Judah to the south. This happened when Judah was weakened from attacks of the Edomites and the Philistines. Now, on this map, it really don't show it, but the Philistines would have been in this little land right in here between the sea and Judah. There was a little, a little strip of land, and that's where the Philistines were. So now they've been fighting these people over to their left. So now these people up on the north are getting ready to come and attack. Judah had fought, in, in the past, Judah had fought against Israel. But the alliance between Israel and Syria presented an overwhelming peril. 
It, it appeared Israel and Syria wanted to force Judea into, into participating with them in a coalition against the mighty power of Tiglan Pilsen III of Assyria. Now, the king of Assyria is up here. That's the Assyrian Empire. Their plan was to move from here. They wanted to start conquering everything around them. That's what war is all about. War is always about landmass. Yeah. Now, there might be some things that started, but ultimately, the goal for any empire is to get as much landmass as they can. And we're going to get to why in a minute. It appeared Israel and Syria wanted to force Judea to participate with them in a coalition against the mighty power of Tiglath Pilsen III of Assyria, who continually threatened to ex threaten them with his expanding empire, once again getting landmass. Israel and Syria put aside their long-standing struggle with each other in the view of the greater danger. If they could conquer Judah and install a puppet ruler, <laughs> They could use its resources and manpower. Once again, that's why land mass is important. Because once you conquer the land, what do you get? You get all these resources yeah. and you get free labor. Yeah. You make them slaves. And then they can do all the, the, the labor work. You're doing two things when you do that. First, you're wearing them down so they're not a threat against you anymore because they're physically and mentally strained out. And then they're also doing some stuff that you can take your soldiers and go do what you really want to do, and that's going to get some more landmass and resources. Now the thing here too, it says Israel and Syria, they used to fight against each other. They're not, they're not friends. Yeah. But in about the 4th century BC, they had this saying that came out, but really and truly, we're looking at it right now in biblical times, and the saying was, an enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now, that didn't happen to the fourth century when they coined it. But here we are looking at 7 BC and we see it playing out. It plays out time and time again in the Bible. How many other Bible characters got together and conspired with their enemy to fight another enemy? Because now all of a sudden he's my friend. Well, just like all the other friends we had in our life that you found out really wasn't your friend. That's what Israel's, that's what Judah's getting, Israel and Judah getting ready to find that out real quick. What was Isaiah's struggle, yes. Isaiah's solution, when his world was falling apart around him? Well, first I missed one question. What terrifying crisis did King Isaiah face in his early reign? And that was the upcoming war. Yeah. He knew it was coming. Ahaz. Ahaz. Yeah. So, here it is. He sees an upcoming war. Now, what happens though? What was Ahaz's solution when his world was falling apart? He's going to make a pact with his enemies. So, the same thing, or that's what I had in my notes too a pact or a treaty. Treaty, yeah. It's the same. So now, he's doing the same thing his enemies do. I got to get some more strength because I can't go up and kiss this. But now here comes the prophet. Hmm. Recognizing 
that God was the only friend who could rescue him in his country, rather than recognizing rather that God is the only friend who could rescue him and save him and his country. What's his name? Isaiah? Ahaz. 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 Tried to make a friend out of Tiglath Pilsner III, the enemy of his enemy. The Assyrian king happily complied with his request for aid against Syria and Israel. Now, it. going back to the pan back to the mountain. Now, being military-minded, okay, this is the most powerful. That's the most powerful king right there. You have another king that's in Syria, and he wants to get together with the king of Israel. Now, just like I said, we're military mind. Looking at it from the natural eye, if I'm this king in this little small country down here and I'm to the south, right? I'm gonna make an alliance with the bigger king up here who caught in the middle. What we, whenever we went to battle or anything, what do we always try to do? You want to encamp or surround and close in on your enemy. Yeah. And so that's why wars are won and lost. It all comes down to like being how, how you, you you game plan. We used to call it an operation. So now here he's thinking now in the natural now. That's the king. He's just like us. We're looking at it with our natural eyes. So he sees, well, if I go up here and get with him, but he forgot his past and stuff that's happened to him. So, but I'm gonna go get up here with my enemy because now he my friend against my enemy. But these here, your brothers. They're not your cousins. It's the 12 tribes. Mm -hmm. But he sells our family mm -hmm. to go with a king who really and truly are the cool. He wants all it is. He ain't gonna let, he gonna set him up as, just as they said they wanted to do. Israel and Syria said they wanted to set up a puppet government yeah, so that they just do his bidding and he'd have all the resources. So evidently, there was a lot of resources. And we're kind of going to get to that in a minute because, like I said, this is all about Jerusalem. Because what was, when King Ahaz, what was he doing? He was down by the water ducts. Yeah. Once again, if you don't know anything about history, and know what Jerusalem had, they had aqueducts. Why? They built walls around the city to keep the enemies out if they got attacked. So what's the most important thing that you need inside the city? You need food and water. They made an aqueduct system that allowed them to get water from the outside coming into the city. So when they closed off the gates, they had ample supply of food, water, and men to defend the city. That's what it was all about, just defending the city. We're not going to go out and try to win the war right now. We just fought them back into a retreat. We took up a defensive position. And they had the technology in their day that they could do this. And that's what the king was inspecting when we're going to get to when Isaiah comes to talk to him. It says, rather than recognizing God as his only friend and rescuing him in this country, Ahaz tried to make a friend out of Tigris Piper III, the enemy of his enemies. The Assyrian king happily complied with his request for aid against Syria and Israel. Not only 
did Tiger Pilfer receive a rich bribe from Ahaz, but he also gained a good excuse to take Syria, which he promptly did. And once again, if you go back and you look at world history, you'll see where the Assyrian Empire went and took over Syria. The power of the Syrian-Israelite alliance was broken. In short run, it appeared that Ahaz had saved two people in the short term. His action on Ahaz's part, however, should not come as a complete surprise. He became one of the worst kings ever to rule Judah up, Ju Judah up to this point. Uh, and I'm going to ask Deacon Carey, read up. 2 Kings 16, probably to leave around verse 10. Wherever good stop reporting that. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 1. Starting at verse 1, I'll be reading out the NLT. Ahaz, son of Jotham, began to rule over Judea, over Judah, in the 17th year of King Pekah's reign in Israel. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king. And he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years. He did, not, he did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord his God and his ancestors David, as his ancestors David had done. Instead, he followed the examples of the king of Israel, even sacrificing his own son in the fire. In this way, he followed the detestable practices of the pagan nations the Lord had driven from the land of head of the Israelites. He offered sacrifice and burned incense at the pagan shrines and on the hills and under every green tree. The king Razin, Rezin of Aram and King Pekah of Israel came up to attack Jer Jerusalem. They besieged Ahaz, but could not conquer him. At that time, the king of Edom recovered the town of Elith for Edom. He drove out the people of Judah and sent the Edomites to live there as they do to this day. King Ahaz sent messages to King Tiglath-Pesler of Assyria with this message. I'm your servant and your vassal. Come up and rescue me from the attacking army, armies of Aram and Israel. Then Ahaz took the silver and gold from the temple of the Lord and the palace treasury and sent it as a payment to the Syrian king. So the king of, Syria, of Assyria attacked the Aramean capital of Damascus and led his population away as captives, resettling them in Kerr. He also killed King Reason. King Ahaz then went to Damascus to meet with King Tiglath-Pesler of Assyria. When he was there, he took special note of the altar. Then he sent a model of the altar to Uriah, the priest, along with his design in full detail. Uriah followed the king's instructions and built an altar just like it, and it was ready before the king returned to Damascus, from Damascus. When the king returned, he inspected the altar and made offerings on it. He presented a burnt offering, a grain offering. He poured out a out a liquid offering. That's good right there, just for time's sake. All right. I got to the real good, the parts that I really wanted. And, and he sprinkled the blood, a peace offering. Now, one of the first things that caught me now ain't Ahaz a king. Mm -hmm. 
Now, Ahaz sent a messenger to Tilgur Pilchner, the king of Assyria. This is the king now going to say, I am your servant. A king bowing down, down to, to another, another man. King. Yeah. That was one of the first things that caught my eye when I, when I was looking over this chapter. He did detestable things. He even sacrificed his own son. Now, if we go up to, my, to more modern day time in Israel, with uh, what was our boy's name? Who, who sacrificed the pig on uh, the altar and tied some epiphany? Yeah, tied his epiphanies. Sacrificed the pig on the altar. Yeah, and, and it says here that he was making other sacrifices. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last week we were talking about a king who got the big head, which is, I think that was, no, that's going to be, no, that, that is Ahaz. That's what he did. He went in, do remember when he went by the priest and he wanted to make the sacrifices to the Lord? Now here you are. When Pastor was reading chapter 7, if you was observing, when the prophet came and was talking to the king, he acknowledges God. He acknowledges Elohim. He says, no, nah, I don't even want to put, I don't want to put the Lord to the test. But now he, you don't want to put him to the test, but you go sacrifice something on his own. <laughs> now let's bring that up to today. Yeah. Y'all want to really talk about that? Mm. Your democracy, your constitution, your capital, but you can go make a sacrifice that's detestable upon it, and you don't see the correlation with the Bible. You disobedient and arrogant people. This is my house. That ain't your. That ain't your house. Amen. The people in it are workers, but that ain't your house. There was stuff in there that had to do with national security, and you get some damn idiot that's gonna. You grab a computer and run out with it, and you think that's all right. Oh, let's uphold these flags and everything, but you ain't just, you, you're destroying things that can't be replaced. They're supposed to be artifacts that show our democracy, but you can trample on them and talk about in the name of the Lord because you had a Jesus flag waving around in the midst of chaos, but it wasn't out there for no peaceful representation. Let's bring down some of this anger and some of this rhetoric that's being done. Y'all using it to wave it around like a banner. Just like this king was taking them sacrifices and making a sacrifice on an altar, you took the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, and put it at the front of a battle. And y'all can't see that. Last night, I had to take one of my family relatives and I deleted them off my account. I can put up with some of the stuff that y'all say because y'all are just misled and y'all buying into this hype. But when you take something that's totally false and then try to repost it, now you now you know you're just not being misled anymore. Now you want to be one of the misleaders. And it was the thing about Nancy Pelosi's son, son-in-law, who's a Dutch reporter who was there reporting on the news and just happened to be standing behind the dude with the horns on his head, and y'all trying to say that was Antifa, and I, I, come on, man. 
But y'all don't see this in this story though, do you? You don't see them disobedient, ungrateful, prideful people. They ain't being taught. Thinking that your, your way is right. I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Every time something happens, you can't believe they did that. But then all of a sudden when the heat gets turned up. We do the same thing. Now as a democracy, what was supposed to happen, what was going on in there, whether you agree with what they was doing, trying to stop the count of the vote or whatever, that's the democratic process. They had that right to go and do that. There were certain guidelines, and one thing, I don't agree with Pence on everything, but one thing he did say, I'm not gonna do anything that's illegal or against the Constitution. He read the Constitution, said what his job was, and did what his job was, but no. We can't wait for that. We're gonna run up here and start killing people. They're lucky I wasn't a cop because one thing, I'd be fearing for my life. But when I fear for my life, I'd have been putting a bunch of bullets down range. I don't care who you are. And anybody that knows me and knows me for any period of time, no, I don't see color. I try to do what, what, Doc, what Dr. Martin Luther King says. I try to judge a man by the character and content. Amen. That's what I try to do. Amen. So if I'd have been there, lucky I wasn't there. Amen. Or they better hope I was just one with a baton. Because if I'd have had that M16, nah, run up on me if you want. I believe in the back, back, give me 50 feet. Once you come inside me, I'm defending myself. But then once again, we've seen once again, arrogance, pride, and thinking that you're higher. So since those were white people, which don't get it wrong now, there were some brothers in there too. Yeah. <laughs> so there were some of them being misled by this red. Yeah, too. That's all I saw too. Whatever. I think I seen like that. I saw the one they showed that was inside the room just sitting down his phone. He, hey man, come on, we get ready to go to the rally. Come on. They used him. That's what you see. That's what you don't even understand. They use you. Oh, black people believe this too. No, dumb people believe it. It don't matter about the color of your skin. Amen. Same thing that we see here. If you're a disobedient, prideful <coughs> person, you won't believe this stuff. But here we are now. We're looking at this now. The same thing that they was doing back then. We're doing now. So we didn't learn nothing from our history, their history. We're going down that same road because what was everything about? Everything is about control and make, taking over land. They don't like what's going on in this land, so they want to take it over and think they're going to run it their way. So what makes their way right? But here we are. We're in this story now. One of the worst kings. <laughs> How can we make that apply to today? Hmm. Heard somebody say, they asked him a question, who's the worst president? No, where does President Trump rank on the, the uh, list of worst presidents in the history of the United States? Guy said when he started, he was, uh, he was in the top five. He said, now it's out of him and Andrew Jackson. Then go back and see what Andrew Jackson did. Mm -hmm. So he's either one or two, depending on how you look at history. But here we are looking at this king who was one of the worst kings. See, last week when Pastor Red got to remember now, time period once again is important. Isaiah was the prophet for four kings of Judah. Only like one of them was like without, you know, he was just a totally good king. The other ones, 
you know, back and forth a little bit. But you can kind of, like Hezekiah, you, you know, you kind of give him a break off and on. Because like all of us, sometimes he catches a brain crack and he does some dumb stuff. But overall, he was trying to be right. But just sometimes, sometimes we do, you know, wrong things for the right reason, we do right things for the wrong reason. And that's kind of like where he was at. When we read about Ahaz, when we read about what Ahaz was like, it's understandable that why he reacted to the danger he did, just like us. Okay, here we are. We're not looking with our spiritual eye. We're looking at it with our natural eye. And when he looked at it with his natural eye, what did he see? He saw the king of Assyria being a powerful king. So I'm gonna go align myself with him. What lesson is here for us on a personal level? Well, I just said, let's stop looking at things with, with the natural eye and start looking at more things with the spiritual eye. Amen. Because see, Amen. that's what, when the prophet came, when, we're gonna get into this more, because I'm gonna make it to Tuesday for, just for yeah. this very reason. Amen. We have to start doing like, remember the story about the other prophet who was out there and he woke up in the morning, stretched and went out and looked and he saw the chariots of fire. No, the servant went out first, saw all the chariots around him. And then he went in panicking. Wake up, man, we'll get ready to get over run. And then when the prophet came out and looked and he said, man, look, there's more of us than him because he couldn't. He, had, he prayed to ask God to open his spiritual eye to be able to see what was going on. If we're not obeying God now, what makes you think you'll have faith to trust him when the real trials come? Hmm. All right, let's take the situation that's going on right now. Yeah, amen. Okay. If God put Trump in place, and if you don't believe that, then you're not, you're not reading prophecy. You're not reading your Bible. You're not understanding. Everything that's evil, it's not in the devil. Pastor's been trying to say this for, for a very, very long time. There's too many times we got this little good and evil thing. We, we go back to the little picture of the angel and the devil on your shoulder. And everything got to either be good or evil. No, something is a test. And really and truly what's going on in America right now, for you that call yourselves a follower, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, do you believe that you are in the realm Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute. Are you part of the remnant? And if you don't believe that, because that's what it's at, if you don't trust him that you're in the remnant and he's going to take care of his remnant, not that his remnant will not suffer, but it's not about the part. It's not about walking through the valley of shadow of death. How come we quote these scriptures time and time again we don't really understand what it's saying? If you're walking through a valley, that means there's trouble around you. Amen. But it says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil. You got to get to the other side of the valley. That's what we're going through right now. But no, you want to take up arms and revolt and do everything that this king, the same thing that these kings was doing, we want to do now. And that's why I said, make this person. Are you one willing to go out there and do that? That's the question. Ultimately, this is a personal question. Are you going to go out there and be God violence with violence? Isn't that another one of the sayings we want to throw around all the time? But when the fire hits the fan, 
deep. Amen to that. I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, we talk about the, the Black Lives Movement, but yet every day we watch blacks kill blacks and, uh, and say nothing. And uh, as a Christian, you can't walk around here talking about you hate white folks and you hate Asians and you hate, you know what I'm saying? That don't represent Christ. That's not, you know, and so many people, that's why I say it's like people, I'm, I'm looking at people switch religion, change religion. Like, and, I, and, and, and my wife told me I was being judgmental, but I'm like, everybody got to answer the you still got to call God. You still going to have to, uh, every man, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So, I mean, what's switching religion going to do? You believe in Christ or you're not. So you're going to believe in Buddha. You're going to believe in Muslim. You're going to believe in uh, Hindu. You know what I'm saying? I believe in Christ. No matter what's going on, like you just said, I, I feel like God has a remnant. I'm one of his, I'm one of his uh, children. Uh, God has a, God has a remnant for his people. And even taking it even deeper than that, there were so many people on Facebook after this happened, you making little statements about, you know, that woman got what she deserved. Yeah, yeah, that was, that's, well, you, you really need to check yourself on yeah. that one. Amen. And, 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 and check your Christianity. Amen, amen. Because anything that evil that happens to somebody, and you can go out and gloat, and gloat about it, she got what she deserved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, my, in my natural state, yeah, she did. She shouldn't have put herself in that situation, but she did. But she still died. Right. I mean, I'm not. I don't. You right. know, I don't have hatred and stuff for it. She made that decision, so now that's between her and God. I, I'm, I'm not joyful that somebody died, but there's some people out there that celebrating this woman getting what she got, what she deserved. That's not for me to judge. Amen. Amen. I mean, yeah, it was, what she did was wrong. She made a bad mistake. You know what? She might have been one of them ones that was going with, hey, man, I'm following the crowd. You know how many people get killed following the crowd? Yep. That's usually the ones that die. The ones that instigated don't get killed. You know why? Because they ain't at the front. They at the back. Check out what that dude told y'all to do. Let us go walk down here to the Capitol. Well, while y'all was walking that way, he went over and was watching you on TV. Donald Trump above God. 
That, that, you know what I'm saying? And that, that's exactly what you're saying here. You know what I'm saying? We're looking at stuff in the natural eye because you know, we're living in this flesh daily. But you got to step back and remember that God is still in control. If you were Christian, you got to understand that God is still your number one. Amen. Amen. I don't Amen. Who's sitting there all? Amen. When, from Bush to, to whoever from now, they ain't never affecting me. Amen. You see what I'm saying? My day can still go by the, the same. I'm going to keep on doing the same thing I can keep on doing from day in and day out. As long as I'm keep on trusting the Lord. I don't care who's sitting in the white house. Trump could have won. <laughs> and it still wouldn't have made me no big difference. Amen. Me. Amen. Amen. And, and, and that's what we got to understand is that you can't get out here and act like a buffoon and then sit up there and call yourself a dog. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't want to play together. Buffoon. They don't even go together. You know what I'm saying? How you gonna represent something and act something totally different? Mm -hmm. And I, I understand why, like Deacon said, people change, change for changing religion because we're not acting according. Amen. I was trying last week to remember this song that was the theme song of Billy Jack. And when I went home, it came to me. It says, "Go ahead and go ahead and cheat your neighbor. Wait. Go ahead and kill your neighbor. Go ahead and cheat a friend." Do it in the name of heaven, you'll be justified in the end. Won't be any trumpet blowing come the judgment day when the 110 soldier rides away. That's what Christians are doing. They're out there killing people, robbing from their friend, and then they think they're gonna be justified in the end. Hmm. We, for the ones of us that was military and we took that oath, we pledged allegiance to the Constitution of the United States of America. Not to a flag. Now, how many people's running around there with a Trump flag? Going back to the same thing that you was just bringing up. You're putting a man even above your country. Mm. But you're going to be justified in the end. Yeah, you are going to be judged. I don't know about the justified. But real quick, one of the other things when Pastor was reading, Isaiah chapter 7. When God came and told Isaiah now, he said, not only do you go see the king, bring your son. Now, his son's name means remnant. Amen. Or remnant. 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 Okay. He was letting the king, he was trying to give the king a sign name. Because, you know, let's be real. When the, when the prophet walked in with his son, what you think the first thing the son going to say? All right, I have, you know, I know you can come up here. Why are you bringing your kids with you to work? <laughs> well, this is my son, and when he said his name in Hebrew, all he heard was remnant. Now, going back to what, to what Deacon Cat was saying, do you think you're part of the remnant? That's what this whole thing is all about. This is what, going all the way to Revelation, this whole thing is, are you a peace? But the way some of y'all are acting, they only right. Y'all suspect. Right. Now, once again, I ain't got like John Smith always used to say, I ain't got no heaven or hell to give you. So I can't keep you out. But if you don't change your way, if you don't go back from your wicked and evil ways, your thoughts, your posts, putting this stuff out here, then like, like Elder was saying, people are seeing this stuff and then, oh, you're the Christian. Oh, but you're up here glad this person died. You're glad these idiots are running up on the Capitol. 
no matter what your thought pattern is, if it ain't lining up with this, like I said, the basic instruction before leaving this earth, the one we want to quote all the time, and then when you look at it, you're like, ah, that's uh, Old Testament. Because God's grace says me. Yeah, we are living in that dispensation. But you better stop trampling on the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Because see, we never want, people don't want to go with that whole verse. Because after, if you keep doing that over and over again, putting these posts out here, showing how you truly feel, if you truly feel like that, where the fruit of the Spirit in you? Amen. My time is up. As everybody please rise. And we're praying, our Father, Father, our Father. Father, right now, Father, we're trying our best, Father, to follow the instructions that you have given us according to your word. Amen. And Father, we know we make mistakes. Father, we know we fall short. And that's why your son came. Your son did not come just that we call his name every time we mess up and we just continually keep messing up because we can call that name. We call that name when we truly repent. <coughs> when we want to turn from our wicked ways. Father, I just had shortcomings, character flaws, issues going on inside us, Father. But there should be some removal of some of the stuff, Father. Amen. But for outright hatred, how can we say we had the Holy Spirit living in us with outright hatred? Yes. And Father, there might be a thought sometimes. Every time something happens, we have a thought. But doesn't the Bible say that we should capture every thought and bring it into accordance with your word? So when we have them thoughts, Father, a lot of Holy Spirit is working in us to capture that thought and bring it back and line up with your word. Amen. Father, we want to pray for the man of God who's going to bring forth the word in the next phase of this service. Father, be with the singers, Father. Be with everyone, Father, who's getting ready to have part of this service, Father. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in them and use their true gift. And as always, Father, we should give you all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, Jesus name. God's people said, Amen. 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 Amen.